today on It's Time. To make the gospel understandable for others, there is going to be a cost to you. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of Galatians. So, turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. So as we look at this in Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. I remember started a television station years ago. Uh, it was really exciting when it first went on the air. Um, and then summer came, and everybody was out going water skiing, and everybody was going hiking, and I was stuck running the radio station, the television station. Well, I found something. Um, consistency is a real dynamic part of your relationship with God. We serve God whether we feel like it or not. Many people serve God because it feels good. Well, you know, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And, and, and you know, we're out doing that thing. But then when the day-to-day doldrum comes in of just doing it continually, consistently, faithfully, this is where I find a lot of times Christianity becomes that which isn't that, whoo, hallelujah, you know, kind of thing. Now, I think there's a lot of things that people do to uh, make up for that. I've watched Christian television. I've watched the cartwheels. I've watched the whoo, hallelujah, kind of thing. Well, the thing is, is, is it, is, is, is God, does God go woo and give us that? Yeah, he does. But if I'm looking to be wooed, I'm not always going to be about my daddy's business. Because the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, our fear no evil, thou art with me. It tells me as a believer, we're going to go through hard times that isn't woo. Now, again, like I said before, everybody likes the woo. But the thing is, it doesn't stay. Now, the thing is, our woo will be in heaven forever with him someday. And I think when we walk into heaven that day and we look around heaven and we see the giant emerald rainbow around the throne of God and the seraphim going up and down the throne saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, we're going to go, woo! You know, I mean, it's going to be pretty awesome. But until that day comes, we walk by faith. We don't lose heart while doing good. Now, the reason why is because of this reason. Sometimes uh, uh, we just run into this. that that um, And in a me... Um, experience-oriented society that we live in, the, if it feels good, do do it kind of mentality. That, that if I'm not feeling something, then nothing's happening. Well, that's just not what the Bible tells us here. It says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap. Everything, friends, has a season. Everything has a season. If you're going through things right now in your life and they're tough, listen. There's a time of planning. 
There's a time of watering, there's a time of growth, and there's a time of harvest. Many times we feel, as a king's kid, God, if you can do anything, you're in complete control of everything. Why must I go through this problem that I'm in? Well, it's pretty simple, really. We realize that it's where God is working his plan in our life. Now, I don't always know what God is doing. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. This is where faithfulness comes in. If it's only based upon my understanding of God, that is not real faith. Real faith says, God, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trusting you. That's why you have a dad in heaven that loves you. Isn't that great to know when you pray? And, 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 and you know, this is one of the greatest things that I've found about prayer. I don't have to pray for what I want. I pray for God's will. Yeah, in other words, you see a house you want to buy or a car you want to buy or something else. And you say, well, Lord, you know, if it's your will for me to have that, I pray you open or close the door according to your will. I'm not praying for the thing. I'm praying for your will. And then God closes the door. And instead of going, oh, God, I really wanted that. I go, thank you, God. You you know what's best. You always know what's best. See, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the economy is going to be like a year from now or two years from now. I don't know what the world's going to be like, but I know the one who does. God has not told me that I have to know what's going to happen in the future. He just told me who I have to know in the future. And so when we pray and we say, okay, God, open and close the doors according to your will. God closes the door. Hallelujah, if he says no. You know, you'll find in your... Christian experience as you grow in the Lord. You'll begin to thank God for as many times as God will say no to you as he will say yes to you. Oftentimes I think, oh God, yes, yeah, you said yes, yeah, everything's wonderful. Hey, listen, when God says no, those are just as big of blessings, man. You don't know what God closed the door on in your life. So you just trust him and let him be God of your life. You will reap if we do not lose heart. Remember, everything has a season. If you're going through a trial right now, no matter what it might be, remember, no trial lasts forever. You'll get through it. Either God will take you home or you will get through it and you will see, just as Job did on the other side, why these things were allowed to happen. So don't lose heart ever when you are involved in being about your father's business. Verse 11, he says, See what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. This is probably a clue. Most letters were written by a transcribe. Uh, uh, Paul would say, and then they would write down what it is. Whatever it was, we know that Paul's heart was to desire to communicate to the churches that he loved so much. Verse 12, he says, And as many as desire to make good showing in the flesh... These try to compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer the persecution of the cross of Christ. Now he goes back to the crux of the matter. And what was that? It said, after you accept Christ as your savior, you're in some way going to be made perfect in the flesh. Now they're still around today. They come to my door. I've talked to them many, many times. They knock on your door with this nice smile and they have nice clothes on. And you begin to talk to them about relationship with God. They'll say, well, uh, do, do end times concern you? And they'll try to engage you in some way. 
Then they begin to get their claws into you concerning joining their thing and keeping the Sabbath and all these different things. Well, this is one of the problems. We are not, we do not, you do not, I do not go to heaven because we worship on Saturday, Sunday, eat pork, or keep any new moon or festival. We go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross. Always remember that. The religions of the world just, just fester on these things. He says, notice he says, as many of you desire to make a good showing in the flesh, and that's all it is. A showing in the flesh. Look what I did. You know, we never go to heaven because of what we did. We go to heaven because of what Jesus did for us. And you know, it's not hard to ask these people sometimes that come to your door, how am I saved? Well, by joining our church and doing religious stuff and eating organically grown food and No, you go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for you. Your hope is in him. You are clothed with his righteousness. Now you say, Mike, this is too simple. This is a elementary entry-level Christianity. Right, and you'll be amazed how many cults of the world just don't get it. He says they want to make a good showing. They use you as as their demonstration. You see, circumcision doesn't make you go to heaven. Do I go to heaven because I worship on Saturday? Or do I go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for me? That's the bottom line. And when I ask these people that are out promoting these these crazy ideas of getting under the law, they have no answer. Well, you'll be more saved, one time one of them told me. Really? It's like being more pregnant. Either you are or you're not, you know, they... Do I go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross or because I'm keeping the law? So whatever it might be, whether it's circumcision or keeping the Sabbaths or the new moons or the festivals, you can put whatever you want in here. It's all part of the same thing. It's all a works trip. The works trip that offers, the, and, I, and somebody asked me one time, why? Why is this? There is something arrogant within human beings that like to say, "Eh, look what I did. We go to heaven because Jesus was good to us. Now again, people say, well, this seems so elementary, Mike. Yeah, I know. Do you know how many religions don't get this? Do you know how they manipulate their their people in in their congregations because they simply can't just accept what the word of God here says? And so he says, for we don't even know And again, verse 13, he says, For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. That's the truth. I love these guys that come along and they tell me, Well, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. I go, To whom did God say that? They say, Well, it's in the Old Testament. I go, Yes, exactly. God made a covenant with who? The nation of Israel. It wasn't a covenant with the Gentiles. It was a covenant with the nation of Israel. Why is that important? Because we know in Christ Jesus, every day belongs to the Lord. That's good news. The second thing we realize, it's not by the day we worship on whether we go to heaven or not. It's because of who Christ is. Now, he tells us that they go around and they try to get people to come under the law. Well, we keep, we, we, we keep the Sabbath. Have you ever had a, anybody come to your door and tell you they keep the Sabbath? I just want to tell you clerically, uh, uh, very carefully, they do not keep the Sabbath. 
According to Old Testament law, you couldn't travel more than uh, so many feet from your home. You couldn't kindle a fire on the Sabbath. You couldn't make anybody else work on the Sabbath. And yet they do all those things. They don't keep the Sabbath. And I said, well, how do you get off telling people you keep the Sabbath when you lie to them? What do you mean we lie to them? I go, you don't follow the, the biblical definition of, of Sabbath keeping. Now you say, well, Mike, who, who, what, what groups are like this? The Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, some of these others. Seventh-day Adventists will tell you that if you worship on Sunday, it's the mark of the beast. Crazy stuff. I mean, just, just make it up. That's, that's the best way to do it, I guess. You say, well, why is that important? Because, again, we are saved by what Jesus did for us, not by our works. Now, why is that important? Because if it's by our works, how do you know, did you work hard enough when you stand before the Lord, did you work hard enough to merit eternal life? God pulls out the books. Okay, let's see. Okay, you're the law keeper. Let's see. Did you do this? Did you do that? Uh-oh, 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 deficiency. <clears throat> you got a problem here. Well, I need to fix that. Well, it's too late. You're dead. Okay, well, please step below. It's too late. There's no assurance of salvation in the law. Why is that? Because it's based upon your performance. But when we go into Christ Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, what does that mean? Author, finisher, beginner, ender of our faith. Our faith starts with Christ it ends with Christ. The Bible says even what faith you have, God has given you. Isn't that great to know? Isn't that weird how you figured that out? I, I'm, I'm always amazed by that. Somebody asked me one time, when you die and go to heaven, what is the question you're going to ask God? Now, I know some of us guys want to say, God, where did I lose that 716th wrench that day? I, I know a lot of us want to know those things. But I really believe the question will be, why, why was I able to understand that I needed a Savior. I, I directly believe that's because someone prayed for me, someone prayed for you, that you could understand your need for God. And the problem is that we find in life in general is usually if a person thinks they're God, they have no need for the real God. So he says, they don't keep the law. These people that are coming door to door to your house, they don't keep the law. It's, 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 a, it's a scam. It's, it's phony. Now, Paul goes on and he says, But God forbid that I would glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. You know, Paul's basically saying here, I've given everything to make the gospel understandable to you. That's what, what he's doing. Whenever you do this, there's a cost involved for every one of us. Now, we look at poor Paul. You know, he got beaten with rod, shipwrecked, day and night in the deep, all those things. I believe it's this way, period. If you're going to endeavor to make the gospel palatable, understandable for others, there is going to be a cost to you. Now, thank God I realize the cost and the indebtedness that I had against God, that God uh, uh, brought to me the hope of glory I realize I'm in debt. Well, the same way with all of us. We're all in debt. Paul recognized that as well. This is why the Bible tells us he would allow himself to be beaten and all these marks that he would carry in his body. Well, the reason why is because he recognized Jesus was dying for. He said that there's no other glory that I would glory in except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the, it's the bottom line. 
Again, I, I think that it's important for all of us that, you know, it's fun sometimes. And, and I, I've shared this many times before, but when I was about 18, I remember some people came to our door. I was in California looking through the screen door. I can still see it as vivid as it happened yesterday. And these people were sitting there with their Bibles and their, and they were, and, and everything I knew they were saying was wrong, but I couldn't defend myself. And I remember when I closed the door, I said, God, I've, I've got to know your Bible. If I don't know your Bible, I, I can, I could buy into these lies. And so I simply begin, just began to read and, and, and uh, occasionally would write down the addresses of the things that I was learning. You know, sometimes we know the verse, but we forget the address. Uh, my Bible's marked up pretty good. I, I still don't remember ver- very well different things. So I write stuff all over in the front of my Bible so that I uh, can reference it fairly easily. But the thing is, when now when I run into the people like this, and I begin to talk to them, not in an arrogant way, because you can use the gospel as an arrogance against those that don't know. We don't want to be that way. But the thing is, when we begin to share with them, and you ask them, how is a person saved? They may or may not even say and have anything to do with Jesus Christ. It may be, well, keeping the law, keeping the commandments. See, and so when we go back to who Jesus is, and that he's the author and finisher of our faith, that, friends, to me, is what makes all the difference in the world when we do this. And so he says, For in Christ there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, Jew or, or non-Jew, avails anything but a new creation. That's what the Bible says. That's what, that's what impresses God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Marvel not, I say to you, you must be born again. In John chapter 3. Why is that? Because you need a new nature. I need a new nature. What's wrong with our old nature? It's really messed up. Haven't you noticed that? Haven't you noticed our affections before we come to Christ are like AOR all over the road? And when we come to Christ, God begins to centralize our thoughts and once again bring us back into what he wants us to be. And as many as walk according to this rule. What rule? Uh-oh, rules. Eh, I don't like rules. Wait a minute. What is this rule it's talking about here? For as many walk according to this rule. Well, what rule is that? Being a new creation. That's the rule. Hey, if you're new in Christ Jesus this morning, that's where you're at. And we walk according to that rule. We are new creatures in Christ. Now, why is that good news? Well, first of all, the old things are passed away. See, the things that used to entice us, that used to grab us, the things that we knew even when we were doing them were destroying us. That's how God gets a hold of us. He brings in his wisdom into our life. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. In other words, he's saying, I'm serious about this. I got the body the marks in my body of the persecution. You know, he's basically saying, look at this. He said, I wouldn't be persecuted if I wasn't telling people something contrary to the way of the world. You you see, that's the thing you always have to remember. When we realize that whenever there's ministry to be made, the connection of the gospel to unbelievers, there's a price to pay. There's a price that all of you will pay. In, 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 in communicating God's love to people. And here's why. Because as we communicate the gospel to people, I have to substitute myself, take myself out of the way, put God in place. And as I do that, I realize there's things I would rather do. But remember this, great's your reward in heaven. 
Never lose track of that celestial reward that you will have someday with him. He finishes up and he says, brethren, the gift, uh, and I like this about this, brethren, the grace of our God, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. It was just his benediction, but that was his prayer. The same very heart of God would be with you. Why is that? Because Paul recognized a couple things. One, it's the Holy Spirit that protects your faith. You see, that's why you need to be in faith. That's why you need to be in, in fellowship. Because I'll tell you something, if, if, if you start getting up, you know, do you know how many people in my life I've known, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you know, we think sometimes, oh, well, they're just wigging out and going out and partying down or whatever. No, I, I found a lot of people wig out in religion. Religion will wig you out as much as anything else will. Why is that? Because people have substituted the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and simple grace into I'm going to earn what God has already given me. Thank God there are people around that say, hey, bro, what are you getting off for? Trying to earn what God's already given you? Why don't we just get back and just start loving Jesus again? You know, that's what really makes the difference in a person's life. This morning, in your relationship with God, and you know, only you know where you're at. God's got the very best for you. But again, as I've, I've always seen in, in God's word, God's very best for us is where God will use our lives to the maximum capacity in this world for eternity. Now, God's got a much bigger plan for your life than you do. And so this is where we walk by faith. We say, okay, God, I'll trust you. I don't understand everything that's going on. I don't understand what you're doing. You've not called me to know everything. All you've called me to do is trust you. And you know, we step out in faith, one foot in front of the other, faithfulness. And just as it says in verse nine, let us not grow weary while doing good. God brings the harvest. You say, but you don't understand. I'm going through some pretty hard seasons in my life right now. Yeah, we do. But good news is you will get through. God has put around you not only his Holy Spirit, but he's put people around you that love you as well that can help you get through this. And so I'm thankful for a couple of things. One, I'm thankful for the body of Christ. Second of all, I'm thankful for his invisible Holy Spirit that protects us, that communicates one to another when somebody is hurting. And third, for the hope of glory that God has placed in us, this ain't our home. We're getting ready to move. I pray you all recognize that this morning. If you've been living your life, apart from the, the very best that God has for you, I'd invite you to simply one thing. Come home. That's what God wants. Isn't it great that God calls us his children? I love that. You see, God is gracious to his kids. You have a father in heaven that loves you. And because you have a father in heaven that loves you, that knows what you need, that if we get out of line, there's going to be one that he will send to come and restore us, that we will bear fruit in our lives when we give it the right amount of time, right amount of season, God will see us through, that we're not saved by our performance, but we're saved by him. Friends, that is the greatest news you could ever share with anybody. We go to heaven because he's good, not because we are. But there's one question. The Bible says to be clothed in his righteousness. That means you take his righteousness and wrap it around you. Have you done that today? If you've not done that, it's time you do that. That's what allows you to go to heaven. This morning, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, you, you know you need to repent. You're on the wrong road. I just want to invite you to pray. Just pray this. God will do what you ask, start you all over again, give you a brand new life. So if you've never prayed, let's pray. 
you need to repent, let's repent. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life this day. God, I, I don't want to live apart from your best anymore in my life. And so now I ask you to help me repent from the foolish way I've lived. Help me live in your, in your promises and in your goodness. I believe you died on the cross for me. And so I ask you now to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And again, may my life mean something in eternity to you as of right now, God. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.